Hi, Tribe. I'm Versavia. And I'm Evelyn. And you're listening to Objectively Typed, the podcast where we explore the objective personality system. Today, we are going to be talking about alphaness, what that means, and um, all the uh, our thoughts and things around it. So as far as alphaness itself, first, I guess we want to disclaimer or little preface here that um, alphaness has a lot of connotations or alpha in general has a lot of connotations out there unfortunately uh, some of them are negative and so we wanted to be clear as to what we mean or and especially what Dave and Shannon talk about when they talk about alpha yeah yeah I can I can at least because I had written down Dave's um, definition of alpha that he shared in one of his YouTube videos and that was alpha well alpha state which might be different from alpha from an alpha person so maybe we should also talk a little bit about that like differentiating operating in an alpha state versus being an alpha but uh, he at least described the alpha state and and also listeners I've got a little bit of a scratch in my throat so if you hear that today just I just want to get that out of the way I am aware of it uh, it's allergy season here, and I think it's either allergies or the beginning of a cold. Anyways, <laughs> the alpha state is when all of your parts are working together towards a common goal. That's the way he defined it in one of his, I think it was like ESFJ alpha state or one of those videos. In one of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, like, so alpha, the, the word itself has a lot of negative connotation and once upon a time, it meant so when you had like uh, a, a, a social animal, like a pack of wolves or something like that, right? Whoever the lead of the pack is was the alpha. Right. And then that kind of took on this connotation in the pickup com- pickup artists and like incels and all these other communities. And it has kind of like morphed into a negative connotation because of all these guys beating their chests saying that they're yeah. alphas or whatever. Yeah, it's like an alpha gorilla thing. But that's not what we're talking about. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's like, so if, if when you think of alpha, that's what you think, take that and just set it aside. Right. And then what we're talking about, at least with Alpha State, was the definition, the beautiful definition that Elvin just gave. Could you read it again? Sure. It's when all of your parts are working together towards a common goal. And by parts, I take it to mean your functions, essentially. Yeah, I think all the all the various parts of OPS. Uh, yeah. So including your animals and all that stuff, too. Yeah. 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 So I think that that brings up an interesting question of like, so uh, that's Alpha alpha state so then <laughs> what is an alpha who is an alpha i know we talked about it a little bit in in our definitions episode yeah i think we did one of them <laughs> yeah so what do you think well to me um an alpha is a person who is sort of i'll say in the alpha state more often or they like they live in that they're they're able to pull on all of their parts at will and easily also that's the other aspect of it because I think like all of us are able to do are able to pull on our sort of inferior functions from time to time but an alpha is a person who's operating um at that state all the time um 24 7 and also I would say probably seeing some results in the real world although I'd love to get into that a little bit too whether or not uh, I'll say material gains are necessarily the mark of an alpha. Because I I think, just from watching Dave and Shannon, I, it feels like that is something that they do attached to alphaness. So if a person like like Gary Vee, he's an example of a guy who yeah, yeah super yeah. successful in business. I don't even know what he did like before. And, and <laughs> honestly, 
Like I had never heard of the guy. I don't even really know what he does now. I just know he makes tons of money doing whatever it is that he does. <laughs> um, yeah. And gets really interesting people on it to his podcast. Yeah. And so I know that like there is an aspect of that that I hear of like, you know, if you are successful materialistically, like in, in sort of the Western view of like success, I think they attribute that to alpha. I'm not sure that I personally do. Myself. I think that's an interesting question. Um, maybe yeah. we can circle back around to it after we talk about hero's journey a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I jotted that down. I think that's a that's a really interesting question. Um, I think part of my definition of alphaness is not only. I mean, everything that you said, I agree with that. Like being right. able to um, call upon any part of your functions or parts, even the parts that you don't have, might not have in your stack. Um, as yeah. the situation demands it. Right. Yeah, I guess all eight functions. That's true. Because he, he did say all of your parts, but you're right that really you need to be able to pull on the parts that, like, I'd need to pull on FE, right, to be truly alpha. Yeah, yeah, that kind of like, even if it's not in your stack, um, if that's what is the best tool for the job, then you're able to access it. Right, easily, yeah. I also think another part of it is also the, so, for example, um, I'll, 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 I'll use myself as an example. EP, and I have that demon NI, I can pull up my NI all day long. I can plan. I can narrow down. I can find the thread. But I still have my EP freakouts. And I think that's mm-hmm. – and I think the hero's journey kind of talks about this. When we get there, we'll talk about it too. Um, that, like, you're not letting your fear push you away. Yeah. You're not, you're not pushing away on the fear. You're running towards it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever your fears are or the discomfort or whatever those things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about the hero's journey. Like my mind went to the hero's journey. So then <laughs> let, let's jump into it. Um, sure, sure. What is it? <laughs> yeah, so the hero's journey is one of these things that like I've been aware of for a long time. You see it a lot in movies and it's like, I don't know. I, I've always heard of it as a narrative device, but I think Dave and Shannon are helping me realize that it's not just a narrative device. It's it's sort of a map of um, what has historically been a, a journey of, I don't know if I want to say enlightenment. Growth. Well, growth, enlightenment, like it, it, it's a path. It's a path that many have trod before us, or at least narratively speaking, in an archetypical fashion, in a symbolic fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you want me to just run through the steps or? or... Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. L- l- yeah, let's so, start with that sensory. Yeah. So there, and there's, I mean, you can, you can Google this. There's a lot of different sort of ways. And I think what I'll probably do is like, what I like to do um, <laughs> whenever I talk about the hero's journey is bring in a, a fictional story because it usually helps people. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, so a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I did a workout um, as a trainer. I was called in to do a sub and I did the hero's journey as a workout. And like every step of the way, I like gave a little like example from from Star Wars. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's hear yeah, it. So like, so like Star Wars, The Matrix, those are good ones. So you start off with the status quo or like living in the in the town. So like I'm going to use Star Wars. It's probably the one that's most familiar to me. You know, this is um, Luke Skywalker. You know, he lives on Tatooine and it's just like simple. You know, he's a moisture farmer, status quo. Uh, eventually there's a call to adventure. There's usually something that, that, calls to the hero um in the case of star wars is a little bit different in that the i'll say the audience gets the call because they know that 
the audience knows that Princess Leia needs help. Um, actually, I think narratively Luke doesn't, but it's still it's a call to adventure that the hero doesn't necessarily get at first. Actually, the way I would almost put this whole beginning part is the thrust into adventure in general. Um, so he starts at home, everything's everything's comfortable, and then eventually something pushes him out. And so the way I always say it is, you know, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru had to die. They had to die. Yeah. <laughs> so they die. He no longer has anything at home, right? I think yeah. that's um that's definitely in in the videos on the Dave Superpowers channels. One of the, uh, there's a there's a whole series on the hero's journey. There's nine videos altogether. Yeah. True. Um. One thing that Dave very often talks about is that we're the tantruming child, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning, when we're in that status quo, and that um, there is some kind of event precipitating event where it does demarcate this point of no return yeah you have to you have to leave like you can't go back to the status quo like because it's not there anymore yeah yeah the movie that i was thinking of when you were talking that's like fresh in my mind right now is into the spider verse (laughs) so i don't know if this is like spoilers because this movie is relatively new yet oh okay then maybe i won't go there but let's (laughs) just say it follows the hero's journey there's a Mm. moment like that where it's like he can't go back he can't go back to the way things were um, well, I mean, with with Luke, as you were just saying, you know, when his aunt and uncle die, um, when you look at uh, Matrix, you know, when um, when uh, when they first start targeting Neo, when you look at um, Thor, it's when his uh, father pushes him out and sends him to Earth. Like mm-hmm. there's th- this is a story that's told over and over and yeah. over again. Right. Uh, so there, right. there's like lots of things. I mean, if we look at our own lives, I'm sure it's happened for us as well like you know for you like probably losing your family that was a point of no return right right? you had to adjust to the new status quo you had to somehow because you couldn't turn that back exactly you can't go back to town right for whatever reason um yeah yeah in some movies the home planet gets destroyed or something right and so yeah so that's the departure and and kind of the thrust to into adventure um is the way i've also seen it called and so the the hero goes out out of the town out into the world and they have trials and tribulations and this is often where the mentor comes into play they you know like with neo there's morpheus uh with luke there's obi-wan kenobi of like this mentor who kind of shows them the ropes in the new world um and this is kind of the point in the story where the hero is still like they're out of the status quo they're out of the town they're still a tantruming child yeah they're still kind of a tantruming child they're not fully like realized they're not like a fully realized thing Um, yeah and so and so yeah so you have the mentor and then eventually and you can stop me at any well yeah jump in as you need it (laughs) there comes a point where the mentor dies usually like or leaves actually it's so funny i haven't seen the matrix in a while morpheus doesn't die though right he doesn't die he almost dies okay this is why I like Star Wars, because Obi-Wan Kenobi dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Obi-Wan is, is gone. And so you have to well, lose the also, mentor. Yeah, like, go on. So we're talking about right now uh, the hero's journey in, in the narrative sense, right? Yes, But yes. when applied to, like, real life, you know, <laughs> we're not going to, like, Gandalf is not going to magically appear right. in our lives. Like, right. there's going to be no Dumbledore, no right. Morpheus, right. unfortunately. Right. But Actually, Gandalf is another example, because he dies. He does. Yeah. yeah. He dies. Yeah, he and, falls and is res- res- resurrected. Dumbledore also yeah. dies. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but they're all like actual, usually 
old white guys. <laughs> Usually, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But that's besides the point. Um, right. They're all actual people. Whereas in the real world, we might not have access to people. And so there's a lot of other ways of getting mentorship. Yeah. Well, in the way that I look at it, the, at least the death of the mentor part of this is that, so you had the status quo, you had your, your familiar life, then you start learning these new skills and things, but there comes a point where you can't rely yeah. on those mentors or those other things to solve your problems. Like somehow they need to go away also. Just like you had to leave home, yes. somehow you also can no longer rely on that safety net. I think that's the way it ends up being is, you know, sometimes people get kicked out of their home or, you know, whatever. But it's like you can't rely on the safety net anymore. Right. So first your town and your whole world disappears. Right. And then you have the safety net of this particular person or yeah. more likely in, re- in the real world is like access to information right to be your guide right yes yeah and then for whatever reason you don't have access to that information or that inf- when you do have access to that information or that mentor is no longer able to answer the questions that you are asking that you need yeah right yes, exactly it's no longer able to help you grow the skills that you're trying to grow right and you have to figure out how to do it without that mentor or without that resource yeah, and so that leads to what is called, like, in some models or whatever, but, like, deathbed or the crisis or crushing defeat. Like, this happens in all the movies. Like, there comes a point where the hero, like, dies or they lose. You know, it's that first battle where it's, like, they've tried everything. They've left home. Their mentor's gone. And that's it. Sometimes sometimes it literally dies. Like, Harry literally dies in order for the Horcrux. Yeah, Harry literally dies. And then, like, I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens with Endgame, but, like, literally half the world also died. Like, there, there is an element of that, but we all know that, like, part of their journey is going to be... Crushing well, defeat. We'll yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a good example, too. Yeah, the Avengers right now are down in that crushing defeat area. Yeah, yeah, they're in the deathbed <laughs> part. They're in the deathbed of, of part. The, of their story. Yes, yep, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of the the bottom. And I think like, and the other thing about real, to bring reality in a little bit too, is the interesting thing about about reality, your real life, is you don't just go on a hero's journey from like step A to Z. There's like, burp, 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 right? It's like, yeah. it can happen many times. And then you might get close to that crisis point, but then not really. And then go, kind of go back up and maybe you somehow find another town to go back to. You maybe know? if you do get to that crisis point, it doesn't mean you're going to get through to the other side of that crisis point yeah. in yes. this state of like, you know, revelation or whatever you might yeah that crisis might defeat you and you end up scurrying back to safety yeah you know um and realistically that's what we do mm-hmm. yeah i think realistically that's what we do is we go back to some sense of safety or there are some people who never who never get out of the crisis point or the deathbed like they just give up on life um and that's it. yeah and let and they let that Defeat them. them and defeat truly them. defeat yeah. them. Yeah. And sadly, like I've seen that play out in like family members and stuff like that. Like I had an uncle that reached that low point in his life and he he never got out and then ended up they found him dead one day in this like halfway house. Like he had just life was like he had gone through divorce and all this stuff. Like he had been through the trials. He, he couldn't see through to the other side. Yeah. But he never. Yeah, he never and got I think, back. Um, for people who are familiar with Byron Katie's story, um, she's somebody that Dave and Shannon typed in the class. Um, 
she talks about how she had this moment of laying on the ground and a cockroach crawling the roach, on her. The roach on her you foot, know, yeah. Literally like her own deathbed in that way. And that and she was able to get through to the other side and see what, yeah. what is on the other side and and come out so quote unquote victorious. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. I'm I'm a big Byron Katie fan. I've read like three of her books or something like that. Really? Oh, I I was not uh i was not she's as pretty she is pretty <laughs> nf hippie oh she's very <laughs> nf hippie um yeah but i think anyway yeah anyway so so yeah so that's deathbed that's crisis that's the crushing defeat yeah um and so if you do get out of it there's the rise to victory there's the you you gain something and the way that dave talks about it in his series his like nine part series is that you have to basically integrate the darkness into you a little bit it becomes a, a part of your identity yeah so this might be a minor spoiler for spider-verse but i can't help it because i literally okay, just saw this movie <laughs> but i mean maybe you've seen the miles morales spider-man suit is black and like part of that is there comes a point in the movie where he accepts the darkness like and in in this case i i loved the imagery because it was very literal of like now it's like the darkness is part of him he becomes this like black suited figure and that's when he makes his rise back up because he's integrated that darkness into him um you know the matrix is the example i think dave uses where like neo dies and then he comes back and he like integrates the darkness into him and then from there yeah. he's now like able to dodge bullets and do the whole like i think batman is a great example especially batman. when we talk about um yeah. Uh, the newest Batman's. The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah, thank the Dark you. Knight series. Where yeah. he um, literally goes off and trains for years and years and years and accepts this darkness within him as a part of him. Right. And then uses that um, to go and help people. Although he also, like, literally also has, like, his, you know, day persona and night persona. But it's also for narrative effect. Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, he goes to the Chinese prison and <laughs> the whole thing, you know. Um, yeah, so that's when you start to come out of the crisis moment and you start the, like, the rise to victory or you, and, and you have this, like, that's the other interesting thing. They talk about having a treasure or having a, some sort of lesson that you've learned. And I, I don't know, sometimes that seems to happen. In the narrative version, sometimes I don't know if it's as clear, you know, having like this boon, but maybe the boon, maybe the treasure is the integration of the darkness. Like you've learned like how to put these two things together. Um, so what do you mean? Well, so in the hero's journey, like narratively speaking, there's often like a, a point in the little like model that says treasure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you've you found some sort of treasure. Oh, okay, and what I'm saying part, is okay. I'm not always super yeah. clear on what that treasure is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's so in in the context of OPS, um, I think that's what Dave and Shannon refer to as that grow and give. It's the giving part. Yeah. Right. So like you have grown yourself through this journey, through going through deathbed, through all the skills that you gained, the mentor, all of that. Yeah. You've you've gone through all of this and you've grown yourself and now you're in a place where you are able to give and now you right. live in service of others rather than in service of yourself because there is no self. Yeah. Your yeah, self true. has gone through deathbed. Yeah. And I think maybe in terms of the narrative um, part of it, that treasure, it might be the giving. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Or now you have something to give, you know, whatever that is. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I just thought of another one. Luke Skywalker is another one who puts on a black suit. Like after after he goes through all the stuff, oh, yeah, when he, he comes does. back with the with the green lightsaber, he's wearing like all black. And his deathbed <laughs> is when he loses his arm and finds out about yes. his father. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like that is his yeah. deathbed. That's yeah. where he's like hanging on by. No. A th- yeah, yeah, that no screaming. Literally falls. If you haven't watched Star Wars. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Darth Vader is Luke's father. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the granddaddy of all spoilers. But also go watch the movie. It's a great movie. It is, yeah. So coming out of that is the return. So that's when the hero, so again, kind of back to Luke, when he comes back with that black suit on and he comes mm-hmm. to save his friends. It, the hero has to return. So he goes through this whole deathbed, usually alone. You know, he's lost his friends. He's lost everything. Um, deathbed happens. And that's usually alone for the hero. But then he goes back and he's got to help his friends because that's the whole point, right? I mean, you went through all this. It's not to just go off and be gone forever. It's to come back and do the return. And then, yeah, back to the grow and give part of it and i think that's one of the reasons why in the when we look at like literature and movies and entertainment when we look at the narrative of the hero's journey versus how we actually experience it in real life is that the stakes are always so high in these situations that you don't have a choice but to endure it and make it to the other side of deathbed you gotta go back whereas the stakes in our own day-to-day lives uh don't feel as high it's like well, it's okay. It's not a big deal if I don't do this. It's not a big deal if I don't do that. Like, the world isn't going to end. Whereas for these characters, the world sometimes will literally <laughs> end. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. And I think that's where I've personally been a little bit stuck. Because it's like, I f- sometimes I feel like I'm going through this. But to your point, like, the stakes never feel like that high. Like, Yeah. That's actually one thing that I've uh, I learned about myself fairly young is when I... So... Because I know I will push the boundaries, push the boundaries, push the boundaries and not do whatever it is that I yeah. is expected of me until absolutely necessary. So instead of allowing myself to keep pushing the boundaries, I bring up the boundary closer. So like <laughs> with my bike tour, yeah. I set it up in such a way that I had no choice but to get my ass on a bike every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. to bring up those stakes. Yeah, oftentimes that's what we have to do in the real world is like do some sort of manufactured stakes, if you if you will, yeah. you know, like yeah. build them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So so yeah. And then another another thought or example, I guess, narratively speaking, is Lord of the Rings, you know, after yeah. um, after Frodo goes and drops the ring in Mordor. You know, he's got to return. And one thing you often find with these movies is that the hero is changed by his experience. Like Frodo's not the same Hobbit that no, left no, Hobbiton. He's not. he's not. I'm super nerdy, guys. <laughs> so like, I will just sit here and talk about it. But, but yeah, like, he's not the same. And, he, and he's different from his other Hobbit friends, like Merry and Pippin, who haven't been through this whole thing. They they can't relate to him in the same way. And that, I think that's an important aspect of this, too, is like, your old relationships may and probably will change. Like you are no longer the same person that left Hobbiton. Like you are now a new, different, altered person. Yeah. And I I think that's, um, you know, Dave talks, talked about this really well in his, um, in the series is that our, our town, whatever the status quo is, when they notice us leaving on this journey or answering the call, yeah. Um, 
sometimes there's going to be resistance there. They're not going to want us to go. True. Because there is an element of like, oh, you think you're better than us. What, you think you can do this and the rest of us can't or whatever it is. Uh, but if you do make it through that journey, you do come back a different person. Yeah. Like you're not you're not going to be the same person you were before the way that you interact with the world, view the world and interact with the exact same people, exact same town yeah. will be different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this new life um, and this new existence and this new way of approaching the world, but you do return. And so a lot of times when you see the hero's journey, like if you were to Google it, it's always almost always a circle. It is. Because you end up back where you started at least somewhat started yeah yeah even if it's a little bit different because i mean like if your planet got destroyed maybe you can't go back to to that exact planet (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i also think that an important part of this is that we also like we talk about alpha state right where you're able to pull on any one of your parts yeah um and and alpha is not like just oh I went through the journey. I've achieved alphaness. Now I'm an alpha. Yeah. No, that's not that's not true either. Like you don't have just one journey throughout your life. It's anytime, not anytime, but when when there is a call that you are willing to answer it, that you are capable of answering it, that you're not right running away from your fears and your discomfort. Instead, you're running towards it. Right. 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 I think he says this. Dave does in one of his videos of like. You're going to go through it, go through the hero's journey a time and time again, right? It's like yeah. over and over kind of a thing. Or, you know, there's um, a, the idea in spiral dynamics where it's kind of a spiral also. Like it's not necessarily a linear thing. Yeah. I think that's the way it works out in actual reality. Yeah. I like <laughs> that spiral image. Yeah. Um, that's very much how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's the hero's journey in case you didn't know what we were talking about. Now you do. <laughs> now you do. So now more like, so what do you think about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Deep breath. Um, I think, well, first of all, I mean, it, it certainly works as a narrative uh, device because we keep seeing it in movies over and over and over. Right. So it's like, that's great. As old as narration itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure Odysseus, yeah, is like the first one. Um, so like, I think that it's definitely inspiring. Um, it definitely helps when when you're feeling, especially when you're feeling like down and you're feeling like I can never, I, I, I'm, I'm stuck in a place. It helps to sort of be told the hero's journey, if nothing else. Like, so narr- I think that's why it has narrative value. That's why we keep coming back to it is because there's something inspiring. There's something uplifting about the story as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of like, do we do we buy it as like, actually life i i don't know like i don't know uh i've been kind of noodling over that too because sometimes i have these moments where i'm like i've had like i've had moments that felt like deathbed like this is it this is it i i thought i've had moments just like byron katie of like on the floor with the roach going over my foot and the whole thing (laughs) like i thought i had that but then, like, regular life just starts up again, you know? And it doesn't, kind of to your point where it was, like, because the stakes aren't literally, like, I'm going to... The end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, the end of the world. It never... It, it, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't tell if I'm, like, like actually stuck or, like, where I'm at. I think I actually wrote Dave and Shannon. The, this, suddenly, I just thought of this, like, as we're recording. 
But I remember like way back before I had my type, uh, and this this email probably helped them type me. I wrote them this email about like where I thought I was in the hero's journey. And I kind of went through like my whole like story and things like that. And so I, I feel like I've at least from a matrix point of view, like which is the pill, the red pill? I always get confused. I don't know. Whichever pill you take that's reality, I feel like I've had that. So I feel like I've had departure, you know? I'm no longer a townsfolk. But have I truly had deathbed? I don't know. Is that real? I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. I um I hear so I I think there's a couple of interesting things, right? So in a sensorly way of speaking. So for example, Michelle Obama is somebody that they talk about as someone who is an alpha. Yeah, or at least I do. I talk about her as an alpha. <laughs> well, I mean she she is. Um she she's incredible in many many ways. And, and then say say we we take Michelle next to, um, like, Byron Katie, right? Mm -hmm. So Byron Katie had a deathbed moment, and she came out of it, and now she is in the space of giving of what she learned through her journey. Can we say the same about Michelle? And to our knowledge, I don't know that that is true. Yeah, although I have not read her book. (laughs) <laughs> well okay that's 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 true but she doesn't talk about it i'll say that like byron katie like that story is pretty well known like she wrote about it in a book she talks about it in a lot of interviews another example is um mel robbins you know she tells the story about how like everything was broken because her restaurant business would failed and so like she couldn't get out of bed and so she had that moment of like five four three two one i'm getting out of bed and so that's similar kind of a thing um michelle certainly doesn't talk that so if she's had it it's it's intensely private and she doesn't talk about it um in some respects we we might be able to say that she has because i mean when your husband decides to become president it's like everything has to change like you can't yeah but but it's less discreet i imagine a lot of her alphaness preceded when they ran like both barack and michelle like they were alpha before he ran for president. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I I think part of it is that like it's so for some people I think it's a very like when when you look at their life there is a moment. There is a precipitating moment. There is mm-hmm. this deathbed thing. And I would argue that I bet for Michelle it wasn't anything specific. Rather it was a collection of moments throughout her life especially during her childhood where maybe she didn't have the luxury of being a child yeah right that's true so yeah. part of the hero's journey is that is that we start in this tantruming ch- child state mm-hmm. and um sometimes that's not always the case i mean that's that's a rare exception i think yeah 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 or the other question is maybe she's not in the same kind of alpha-ness that byron katie is yeah maybe it's just a different type yeah that's true mm-hmm and I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an interesting question. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it is an interesting question. I don't know that I, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, we don't really, it's like, what, why do we think, like, why would you call Michelle Obama alpha? I think I do it, I call her alpha because I see her sort of like, I, I see a level of sort of control over her, um, 
I, I want to say life, but I, I'm not sure that's the right. Herself. Herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, that, I think that's what I look up to is, is like she has this, like you were saying, like the, the tantruming child versus the adult, like the adult who takes responsibility and is able to sort of like. I like looked and tried to find a tantruming child moment of her and yeah. couldn't find anything. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's this sort of, it's a person who takes ownership with, of their, of their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, yeah, that sense of responsibility that I might not be responsible for what happened. I am responsible for how I react to what happened and what I do with that. And fully responsible and sort of, I'll say, like, runs towards that responsibility, if you will. Not, like, dragged into responsibility, you know I mean? Because there's times like yeah. that where I'm like, well, I'm responsible for this, so I guess I'll do it. <laughs> you know, where it's <laughs> like, you know, you're picking me up and pulling me. That's that's yeah. different. That's a whole different level, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm – yeah, I, actually, that's a really good point. Because um, another person that, like, we, we don't talk about but I think is kind of this way is, you know, when I think of like spiritual leaders, like the Dalai Lama, you know, mm. like he's somebody that I probably would call an alpha also. Oh, God, um, yes. But but actually, I think he did have a discreet moment because, I mean, he had to run out of Tibet in the darkness of the night um, to get away from, you know, the Chinese at the time. Yeah. So he, he literally had the departure. He literally had to leave everything. But um, but it's the way that he has approached that whole situation and, and the grace with which he's done that. And that that's where I was sort of poking at with this idea that alphas are necessarily, I mean, he is sort of like the leader of that country and everything, but like I, I've met people who have that same level of responsibility, like in real life mm-hmm. and they aren't super famous. They aren't Gary Vee. They're not making millions of dollars. Right. But they've taken yeah. responsibility and they own their life and they approach their life with this sense of grace. I think that's, that's another aspect to me of what is alpha. There's a there's a grace there, you know? I feel like grace has a lot of different connotations. That's true. Yeah. Uh, what kind of grace are you talking about? What I'm talking about is it's like the way they comport themselves in their life. It's, it is it is hard to sort of describe sensorily. Although I guess it's good that we're probably going to post this video because it's sort of physical to me. It's like they stand up straighter. They take a full ownership of their life. And it's this like, it's almost like, like, like you can definitely see it. They, sh- they, you can see it in even the movie versions. Like when Luke comes back, like the way he carries himself is just with this like responsibility, this like yeah. maturity, and that that's what I mean. He's yeah. the adult in the room. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so I've met people. I, I've known people who, and it's and it can be very kind. And I guess the reason I call it grace is because it can be very soft and kind too. It's not always like. I'm the adult in the room and I'm going to take over. Like, it's not aggressively so. Well, I don't think it's like, I think part of what makes it that the, that person is the adult in the room is not because they're asserting that they're adult the, in the room. Yeah. Like, to go back, like, well, not go back. We actually haven't brought this up, but Game of Thrones. Like, oh, yeah. not because a <laughs> yeah. king never has to say that they are a king, you know? Like, when you compare that, when you compare, I don't know, like Joffrey as a king, like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm a king. You don't have to assert that I'm the adult in the room. It's that when there is a room full of people and and you walk in for whatever reason, you are the person that everyone in the room knows that you are the one that will, can be trusted for the responsibility, whatever yeah. happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That there, kind yeah, of there's, grace. Yeah. There's like a, an effect it has on the tribe. Like we, I kind of saw that when we were doing LeBron. Like, 
he would yeah. come he would be surrounded by others and the way the tribe reacted to him was different you know yeah that's a great point yeah lebron had that yeah. uh, i guess in some ways we can call it charisma but i feel like charisma is more of a like innate je ne sais quoi whereas this is something that is like built through actual experience and yeah enduring hardship yeah yes yes yeah yeah Yeah. that i experienced something hard i didn't run away i didn't let it break me right yeah that element yeah that's what i've seen yeah and i think maybe that's that's what it is like you know michelle may not have had um maybe she did i don't know but um a singular deathbed moment but rather it's been uh collection of them over and over and over again and I think um there was a Q&A when Dave and Shannon talked about this like depending on your type you know like what your demons are you might be dealing with them all the time mm-hmm. and then for other people the swings will be a lot less often but they will be huge, huge. when they do yeah. happen right yeah. so with Byron Katie the swings were huge when they did happen yeah. right right yeah that's true whereas that's with Michelle maybe with her type it was just like a bunch of little swings yeah, which I personally, I'm glad we talked about, I'm glad you brought this up because I find that more inspiring. The people who went through a bunch of little things and have and have grown through that. I find that very inspiring because um, not all of us are going to have a huge moment, you know, like you can't. I think that's rare, actually. Yeah, I think it's rare. Yeah. And, and it's like, and you can't, I, I actually am a, of a belief that like, you can try to manu. I mean, maybe it's possible to manufacture it to a certain extent, but I think it's really hard to manufacture it and it doesn't always work. Like like where I'm at right now in my life, I think that would be almost criminal for me to do something like that. You know, I've got two little kids. So for me to be like, you know what? I want to go on a hero's journey. I want deathbed. I'm going to just yeah. quit my job. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? I'm just going to really get the stakes real and I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to let the house go into foreclosure just so I can have this like true. And I mean, it would give it to me. It would give me true crisis, true deathbed. But that's, that's, that's insane. Like that, that is not a good move. But also like just because you take those first a couple of steps Say yeah. you cross that point of no return, right? You you fuck yeah. over your life, yeah. whatever it is. That does not mean you're going to go through the hero's journey. Exactly it just means too. that you fucked over your life. And then maybe a couple steps later, you're going to freak out and try to undo everything. But it doesn't mean that you're ever going to reach deathbed and go through deathbed. It, which this also brings up a good point that sort of the, the um, I'll say we got to be careful or maybe David Shannon should be careful. I don't know um, about relying so much on the hero's journey as like a step-by-step thing because mm-hmm. I, I could see people doing that I could see a person hearing about this and saying oh wow okay so this is sort of like the manual to enlightenment if you will I'm just gonna fuck over my life like okay let's just do that and it won't work it's not the same thing <laughs> it's not no it's not I think that's a really good point and it's also yeah. like don't go fucking up your life you're already <laughs> fucking up your life right instead of going and intentionally doing yeah. it look at where yeah. you are yeah stuck and where you are leaving the voids because you are we all are and address those instead of intentionally going on this journey yeah and because i think um you know if you look at it from a narrative standpoint if you'll notice the hero never asks for these things and they are always like 
really like they're devastating to the hero like they're never like i'm yeah. gonna purposely do this yeah of course. Uh, you know like luke didn't kill on uh, you know uncle owen and aunt Baru. <laughs> like he didn't want them to die so, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. i think yeah. that's a really good point yeah i could see i could totally see some you know 20 21 year old kid or something hearing this stuff and being like oh that's what i need to do i'm just gonna go ahead and turn everything over i guess admittedly um that is kind of what i did when i was 22 but i didn't do it because i was seeking out hero's journey i did it because i was seeking out my saviors on crack like so (laughs) i i bought a one-way flight to taiwan and and lived my life there part of it was driven by sefi but then Mm -hmm. also once i was there and i found myself there i had to deal with the consequences of those actions Mm -hmm. right and yeah some good things some bad things yeah. And we have like I think if we all look back on our lives, we will see the moments of challenge and we've had perhaps not like deathbed mm-hmm. in quite the same way, but when we look at places where we grew and what prompted us to grow, it was the mini hero's journey. It yeah, was exactly. some kind of call to action, a point of no return where we had to deal with the consequences of those that fallout. And yeah. either we dealt with it and came out victorious on the other side, or we didn't, and it is still a problem today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I think that's another aspect is um, the recurring problems, right? If a, if a problem keeps coming back to you again and again and again, then it, you didn't. You didn't actually you didn't deal, deal with, with it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not actually. I, I have a lot. I have some of those, too, where it's like, oh, I thought I pretty much got this. And then whoop, whoop, there it is again. And there it is again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very much so. Um, so we talked about the hero's journey. Are there other ways to be an alpha without some version of the hero's journey, do you think? That is a good question. I'm not, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, I think... I think you brought up a really good example in Michelle of at least not having sort of the traditional hero's journey, but it is still some version of it, right? Yeah. You know, not the big crisis like deathbed thing. I mean, maybe, again, maybe she had it. I don't know. But let's just for, yeah. for the sake of conversation, let's just say she didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I, I feel like you need some version of it. I don't know. What do you think? I So in the beginning of us recording this, I don't know. I probably would have had a very different answer. But right now, as we were talking about this, I'm realizing more and more that like it's a big part of alphaness is is um, right dealing with your shit, especially your human needs, like whatever yeah. it is for an EP yeah. learning to be OK, feeling controlled for, um, you know, an EJ learning to hear their inner voice, inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, follow it, you know. And acting from it when yeah. sometimes it's against the tribe, you know. Yeah, yep. Um, not just to go against the tribe, but because that is the appropriate thing to do at the time. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. Like those kinds of how can you grow those things? How can you get to that state? Like me as an EP, how do I get to a place where I am at peace with feeling controlled by some abstract ni concept if not by going through some kind of journey of resistance and then eventual acceptance yeah yeah especially the that integration of the darkness like finally taking that into yourself yeah you 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 have to do that yeah no i I think so i I agree i'm trying to as you're tight as you're as you're describing it i'm like what would it be so for ni it's being controlled 
uh, for SI, I guess it's also being controlled, but it's more of like, well, I think at least when, as I'm, as I've been exploring my, especially masculine SI demon, it's, it's a, for me, it's a feeling of like life circumstance can't be changed. And so like, how can I learn to accept that I'm going to have that feeling and still move on through it, you know? Um, yeah, I yeah. think you you had you had a wonderful demon dialogue when you talked about that demon SI, yeah. where are you feeling yeah. trapped by circumstance? Yeah, and I think for demon SI would be making peace with the fact that sometimes circumstance is going to trap you, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. And but you you can work through the good and the bad of that. You can work through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's yeah. not a life stopping thing. Exactly. And I need, as I'm saying this, I'm like applying it to NI, like I need to (laughs) accept that there are some abstract concepts that will control me Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be the end of the world and that that's okay, that that's part of the darkness of NI and I can make peace with that. Yeah, it's that integration of the darkness. Yeah, it's so funny because this is exactly what Shannon was telling us in the... uh, the masculine te was <laughs> <Lens laughs> round tape. Remember, she was talking about accepting the darkness. Yeah, um, and I think she was speaking very much from an EJ perspective on that. You know, um, on the deciders, and so it's a similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I wonder. Okay. So, what do you think it would be for for the other temperaments? Just to kind of walk uh, through it, because I definitely or, understand EP better than yeah. all the other ones, right? So, well, I can I can speak to EJ because I think I yeah. probably get it. Um, because I have a sub-temperament of an EJ. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the demon dialogue that I recorded yesterday, but I haven't posted yet, as of this recording, was all about this, which is the, I think it's it's a very similar thing to what you were describing with the controlling, in that it's for, for the EJ, and I'm speaking as a mini EJ, so EJs feel free to correct me or anything. <laughs> mini but EJ, it's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, every time... Or a lot of times, I'll say, when I'm working from my FI and it's not necessarily in agreement with the tribe, I feel I feel this like guilt or I feel this like obligation to the tribe. And for me, it's been a matter of accepting that I'm going to feel that way, accepting that negativity, that negative feeling, taking that on and being like, I'm going to feel that way, but it's still okay to act from my FI. Like once I'm able to connect with what my FI truly wants, um it's okay it's like permission i think we've talked about this before yeah also. yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's that permission. permission thing but moreover giving myself that permission because i think that the ej naturally wants to ask the tribe for permission tribe please yeah. give me permission to work for my fi and so i think the the discovery or the yeah the darkness or however we want to put it um for the ej is I can give myself that permission. It's okay. Giving yourself permission to act from that DI. Okay. Interesting. Exactly. That okay. DI. Yep. So yep. then for the IP, <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to flip that. Uh, perhaps part of it would be that you can't go at it alone. I, yeah. And, and I think, you know, being married to someone who's likely an IP. An IP, yeah. If, if he's not an IP, he's an EP with a side of IP. <laughs> um, I think I know. So he's actually actively working on this. And it is for him. It is also sort of like we we, we call it pinging the tribe more um, in that it's sort of like recognizing that the tribe, the views of the tribe are also valid. And that like yes. and in his case, because he's TI, it's a lot of like 
reasons kind of things. But it's like he will go with what he normally would just kind of want to do and not really check on the tribe. And for him, it's about actively like saying, okay, tribe, what is valuable to you or what works for you? I I think in his case with the demon FE, it's like what would actually make you happier? And what do you value, right? Not just what works for me, but what do you value? And how can I bring that into what works, to what I've been and working And then I on. think the darkness of that would then be what what it is that works for the tribe or what the tribe values is not what you are working on or what you value. And that you have to make peace with that. And that's where the darkness is that sometimes the tribe is right and you're wrong. Or sometimes you have to compromise. Yeah, I think I've heard compromise. Dave even say this, compromise your, yourself. It feels like, I think to the IP. It does. It feels like a huge, like I've heard, I've heard my husband say like, it's infringing on me. Like it feels the like The idea of feeling like I am compromising myself feels mm-hmm. like death. Yeah. Feels it, yeah. like, like yeah. how could I ever compromise myself? And Yeah, it, it feels like acting out of integrity, like away from integrity i mean like you're not being you're not acting from integrity anymore because you're like i've given up some piece of me you know i know they feel that i know he feels that way <laughs> those are his words yeah infringing. no absolutely i think that's very <laughs> infringing yeah compromising yeah. myself away that's um actually when i talk about my one of my past relationships um one of the reasons why it was so painful for me is because i felt like i compromised myself away yeah in that relationship yeah and that's like for the yeah. And then yeah, um yeah. yeah. And then IJ. Oh, IJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about the IJs. <laughs> I, I think it's accepting that sometimes you can't find the answers in your little box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm thinking back to the Murray Forleo class where, you know, she had like planned and planned and planned and had this whole thing and then like a server crashed or something, you remember? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it just wiped out everything because everything was on this one track. It's this one track and she lost that track and everything was gone. Whereas like Dave was like, well, I had this has happened to him so many times as an IJ that he had like several places or something. He had like a backup of backups, some kind. Some backups. Yeah. So when the crash happened, it didn't. It didn't ruin him the way it ruined her. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's it's being okay and then starting to think ahead. I mean, because IJs are great at thinking ahead, especially INJs. My gosh. Well, see, I think that's actually <laughs> doubling down on your on your. That's true. You're just controlling. Savior. You're still controlling. Right. <laughs> and I think I think it's accepting that you know what, sometimes it's going to be chaos, and yeah. you just need to yeah. let it go. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think accepting that there is chaos and that that chaos is not going to destroy you. It's not going to envelop you. And that right. there's actually beauty in some of that chaos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with it and letting it be. Yeah. Yep. Man, those human needs are so powerful. I can understand why Dave and Shannon always just come back to the human needs, human needs, human needs. They do. I really they should are. watch some Tony Robbins. <laughs> Yeah, I watched a little bit of him the other day. Yeah, get get a little bit back into that. I used to, I used to listen to his talks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one question I wanted to ask. Okay, if if time allows. Okay, let's try. Um, is alphaness even the goal, and why? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Do you have any thoughts Uh, on that? I kind of think it is the goal. I kind of do, Uh, and the reason why and. I don't know. I don't know if it's everybody's goal. I guess maybe I'm speaking from my own FI, but like I know I personally feel like I I feel like that it would be 
a good thing to be able to have that level of responsibility for everything that happens to me. I think now I'm going to, I'm, I'm being, I'm thinking of uh, Buddhism and like in Buddhism, there's a lot of like letting go because the whole, the whole thing within Buddhism is that our suffering is caused by our attachments to things, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a feeling or whatever, or material things, whatever. And so like the goal is to be able to let go of that attachment. And to me that, that is akin there, there's something in common between being able to let go of that attachment and being alpha. Like the, the only way you can truly do that mm-hmm. is if you've taken a level of responsibility for your life, right? And you're able to say, like, I can let that go. I can, you know, it, and so to me, they are kind of linked. And so, yeah, I, I feel like it's a goal. I think it's a good way to get there. Yeah. I think that this, I'm actually really, really glad you brought that up, that idea of um, letting go of attachments and, and that like that Buddhist practice. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you do look at the hero's journey and at deathbed, what is it that allows for deathbed and what is it that allows you to get through to the other side of deathbed is letting go of your fears. Exactly. And making yep. peace yeah. with the fact that your fears like like may envelop you, may not, but that you, you'll get through to the other side and letting go of all of that. <laughs> I'm still thinking of the Spider-Verse. Because <laughs> that's what he had to do. That's exactly what he had to okay, do. Okay, I'm going to go see that movie. Okay, it's a beautiful movie. It's totally yeah. worth it anyway. Yeah, you mentioned I to just, me how it was a I'm really afraid. great NESI movie. Uh, for, for me, yeah. I, and unfortunately, like one of the things that, sorry, side tangent here, but like I think for the SENI users i think spoilers are, are really problematic for you i don't know maybe uh, we should talk about that another time but huh. but yeah and so like i'm trying not to but like they don't yeah. bother me like you could tell me the whole you could tell me all the details of a movie and i wouldn't care i'd still go watch it because like the way my si works is i like just the little scenes and stuff like that and so it doesn't really i don't need the through line anyway Oh, that's so interesting. That's an interesting... Okay, you're right. That is totally tangential, but that's fascinating because, yes, I loathe spoilers. Right, that's why I'm trying really hard because I know, but let's just... Uh, you're going to have to go watch it right after this. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to watch it for sure. <laughs> but he, um, that's kind of the thing is like, yeah, it's this like leap of faith of like he had to let go of fear. I don't think that's a huge, huge... I mean, it's Spider-Man. You know what Spider-Man does. He has to jump off buildings, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he does. And how do you do that? How do you do that when you're afraid? How do you take a leap off of top, like a high, high building? Even though you're Spider-Man, you've got a web slinger. That's scary stuff. Yeah, yeah, And so, yeah, the way to get through deathbed is you need to let go of even that fear. And so the fear oftentimes is, in a, in a, is an attachment to the way things used to be. Yes. That's usually what it's driven by. That is. And so, like, yeah. you got to let that go. I love how this brings around our, like, mindfulness episode. And oh, yeah. It's just, like, full, full circle. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, yes, in terms of the question, is alphaness even the goal? I think, I think for me, definitely. And I think for um, all of us that are drawn by, to OPS, like, why are we drawn to it? Part of it is for that self-growth, right? Right, And so... Right what is the purpose of that self-growth is is yeah like i guess ask yourself that question like yeah dear listener why why is that self-growth important to you why do you want to be responsible or maybe you don't want to be responsible but if you don't want to be responsible what does self-growth then mean for you yeah i think for me and the kinds of people i enjoy having in my life i think alphaness is definitely the end goal but i can understand how it's not and i don't think can be for everyone 
if that makes sense. Or maybe you can. But I guess you're not going to have a town's, a little, you know, your townsfolk to begin the hero's journey if everyone's also an alpha there. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. A town of alphas. I don't know, though. I mean, I bet, like, like you could see, I could, I could see, um, and I, and I have seen this with people who have, like, they are living the life they want. And maybe that is a townsfolk domestic life like yeah maybe that life is just you know taking care of the kids cleaning the house you know your everyday you know everyday living uh i think that could be a form of alphaness so you could have a little town that's got a lot of these these alphas but their alphaness is just in doing the time i mean i okay i'm about to go on another (laughs) go i'll try not to go down too far but i mean i feel like i feel like part of like modern society that is difficult is that we don't have like clear roles anymore and i think like Mm. in in ancient times from sort of a tribal perspective people had a role you know and i think i think that is a form of alpha is like taking on your role and your responsibility within the tribe and it was if it was your role and responsibility within the tribe to be a farmer then damn it you're going to be a great farmer and you're going to great and you're going to grow food and you're going to provide for your tribe or you know if it's your role and responsibility to go be a hunter go do that and you you know and yeah. I think I think they used to have we used to have that like humans used to have that. And now that we don't, that's why we need these these like rubrics and these things to like, I don't know yeah. what it is, you know. And I think bringing it back around to stakes, like, you know, before the stakes were higher. They were. Like, you know, if you didn't take care of things, then, you know, maybe sickness or death or mm-hmm. real pain Starvation. was an option. Yep. Yeah. Whereas now, like with how comfortable we are, a lot of those stakes are just so much lower. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's like, you know, we can't artificially raise the stakes. Like, we can't actually put death on as an option. And yeah. hopefully that's please not an option. Yes, yes, please <laughs> right. don't. Um, but yeah. we, can, we can mentally raise those stakes in terms of, like, removing failures or removing, like, no, quitting is not an option. You know, just right. when you remove that from your mind entirely. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, good. Anyway, um, okay. I have no other thoughts. Any closing thoughts? No, no. This was a good discussion. I actually Cheers. feel like I've like my my understandings have like gone up and stuff. Yes, me too. And I, <laughs> I feel like I've learned a lot from just talking this through. So that's actually good. Yeah. in in preparation for this when I was watching the Heroes Journey series, which when it was coming out, I actually didn't watch because I've never been a fan of Heroes Journey. I was just like, Ugh. me too. Um, <laughs> me too. So I had to watch it to prepare for this also. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. The eighth video, the one when he's talking about when Neo dies in his mm-hmm. deathbed. And mm-hmm. I was just sitting there watching that that video in particular, which I think was extra powerful because it was primed by the seven leading up to it. Because as I was going through Hero's Journey, I was like thinking through my own head like, well, what's my Hero's Journey and blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. when he went through t- and got to the deathbed, and especially I was thinking in terms of NI and how my relationship to NI and like better understanding that it just hit me very powerfully in a way yeah. that a hero's journey has never hit me before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I hear you. And then for me, it had this like lasting effect, like watch going through that whole series and I kind of binged it, which maybe you did too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Helped. Right before this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And so like, well, for me, it was a like a week or so ago, but it, it like, 
I kept thinking about it. Like, it stuck with me, it's too. Stuck. Yeah. And then I started, as I'm watching other things, and, and so, like, yeah, it's like... Now it's so when I saw, Yeah, so, like, when I was watching Into the Spider-Verse, I'm like, oh, I see what this is. I see what we're doing here. <laughs> but it was still a totally amazing movie. Like, I still yeah, loved it, and I still was crying in tears. And I, I mean, obviously, I bought it, and I have seen it, like... <laughs> like three times in the past okay i'm watching it today a little bit yeah oh i'm afraid you're gonna be like this isn't that great evelyn no apparently it's getting good reviews so it's not just me it's the tribe (laughs) i'm allowed to think this because my tribe thinks this right i'm allowed i'm allowed to enjoy this because the tribe said that it was enjoyable (laughs) yeah exactly it worked for the tribe (laughs) anyway okay well dear listener I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to share your thoughts? What do you think about Alphaness? And what do you think about the hero's journey? Do you think the hero's journey is kind of like all weird and like, why are you guys even talking about this? Or have you found value in this? Because I'll be honest, I used to think it was kind of weird and I was tired of David Shannon talking about it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure what they were getting at. But yeah, no, it helps. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you want to share them, you can do so on the objectively typed subreddit. We'll include a link in the show notes. There we also post about our upcoming episode topics if you want to type along with us. So thank you for listening to Objectively Typed with Versavia. And Evelyn. Until next time. Bye. Bye.